I said, what is that? And he goes, oh, squatting, low bar, right? I go, what's low bar? This thing that you're getting into. Kids started crying. The sky got dark. Fire came up from the ground. Donnie's picked up a baby and ran. Okay, but that just goes, that just goes to show you that I've never even seen it done five and a half years in the sport. I think he's happy with himself for making that. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Hook, Grip, and Rip. My name is Brandon Merrick, and I'm here once again with my co-host, JT Silvers. Uh, JT, what would you think of the opening today? I stole a little something from YouTube. Um, <laughs> you know, John Norris' best rants and raves, and I, I love that opening. It's so funny to me. What would you think? Man? It's pretty good stuff, man. You know, watching people low bar squat kind of just boggles my mind at this point. <laughs> yeah i agree um so you know um i don't know about you but jt i just got back from the gym had a pretty pretty solid day hit a snatch complex at 205 with a snatch plus snatch balance and overhead squat um went pretty well then i hit another front squat pr at 385 and i actually attempted 405 and it was right there and it's um it's coming. It's coming along with the uh, clean PR here soon. What about yourself, okay. man? How you been doing? Well, it's good to hear that your weights are moving up still, Brandon. Um, I had a pretty good week of training, despite the weather kind of throwing me off my schedule a couple of these days. But uh, good, solid workout yesterday. Uh, hit two thirty on clean and jerk for the first time. Uh, tried for or t- tried for two forty five a couple of times and. Missed on the clean, got frustrated, but I think I missed mostly because my nervous system was overloaded because I could feel how hard my adrenals were working. So my kidneys were a little sore for about two hours after the workout. <laughs> yeah, it's a little rough. I, I know what you mean. I'm still shaking <laughs> from my workout. So uh, it's it's good to hear that you got that huge PR. That's awesome, man. You know, 245 is just right right there on the line getting ready to happen i know it is for you so uh i'm definitely rooting for you i want to see that weight for you go up um i'm excited to see what you'll hit in the near future uh you know um i want to talk a little bit about last week's episode with river it was um you know it was really an incredible episode and it's humbling to know that you know there's people out there like you and him that are just insanely smart in the world of exercise science and you know, you guys are still trying to learn. And, uh, you know, I just felt kind of out of my element talking to you guys, which it's really cool to see. Um, we also had a really huge spike in the amount of listeners that we had. And I sincerely hope that everyone enjoyed the episode and hope that you'll continue to listen to those episodes, our episodes in the near future. Um, you know, it was great to see. And, you know, moving on to today's episode, JT, we have something that, you know, both you and I are sincerely passionate about, and that is squatting. That's absolutely right, Brandon. It's the number one fundamental movement, in my opinion. Uh, Definitely. If if you don't squat, we can't be friends. That's as straightforward as it needs to be. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, definitely, dude. And, um, you know, a big thing for me is anyone who goes into the gym and attempts to squat in any way, shape, or form, you know, kudos to you. Squat is definitely one of the hardest things to do in the gym, both mentally and physically. I truly believe that. It might be the hardest thing to do, um, just mental toughness-wise, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I agree. And, and ultimately, it's just one of the best things you'll ever do for yourself in general. Because, you know, the squat is a lot like life. You know, when something in the world is weighing you down, are you going to stand up? You're just going to let it bury you into the earth, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, another thing I truly believe is this. 
it's something that Louis Simmons once said, you know, don't have a hundred dollar shoes and a 10 cent squat. So that's kind of what we're going to get into today. Um, talk about a little bit of the mechanics of the squat and some like what some athletes should be doing with their squat, because, you know, not everybody has a squat like me and you, um, I guess I'll say the Olympic style, right. You know, high bar ATG, not everybody has to do that. Granted, is it a lot cooler if you do? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah more... So JT, I'll let you take it away up here. Um, go ahead, man. Okay. Well, like you said, more power to you if you're Olympic high bar squatting or if you're uh, front squatting, even, even more difficult, I think, in my opinion, is the front squat. Um, but like I, like I said, the, the squat's fundamental building block uh, for anybody who wants to resistance train. Uh, so I work, I work at a gym where I train athletes from ages 9 to 72 years old. All of those athletes from age 9 to 72 and everybody in between will squat when it's a lower body day. There's not an if, and, or a but about it. We do some variation of a squat, uh, whether it's done with a barbell, kettlebells, body weight, anything. They're going to squat and they're going to do it to the best of their ability and the best range of motion possible. Uh, and I think those two things are really what's most important. The resistance, eh, I mean, is it a priority for my my tennis athletes who are 12 years old to squat heavy? Nope. Is it priority for my 72-year-old women to squat <laughs> their body weight on the barbell? Nope. But we have to maintain that range of motion, uh, and that's really what I, th- I find to be the most important fundamental portion of the squat. Definitely, dude. I, I love that. You know, um, everybody needs to squat just because it, it, it's going to help you later on in life. It's going to help you now yep. more than anything else. So, you know, JT, you and I have our own opinions on squatting, and you definitely know the mechanics behind it. But – as I said earlier, we aren't dumb enough to say that there's only one way to squat. As most of you know, JT and I have found a love in weightlifting. So we are high bar squatting, ass to grass, trying to sit our butt on our calves all the time. Um, but obviously, if you're a sprinter or a football player or a power lifter and, um, you know, certain weightlifters, everybody's going to squat differently according to their needs, right. you know. I think kind of in this episode, JT, we want to stick to pure strength training and how the squat will help us there. Okay. Um, you know, but, you know, if you want to know a little bit more about the different angles of squat depth and how they may help you in different ways, I would recommend going and reading from a guy named Dr. Sam Spinelli. Um, you can find him on at or find him at the strength therapist on Instagram. You know, he has some fantastic stuff. And I think he even snatches like 130 kilos, which is insane, yep. which is like what? 285 pounds. JT. Yeah. That's um, impressive. Yeah. He's a smart dude. He's, he really goes into a lot of like pain management for weightlifters, which is really cool stuff. But uh, JT, would you like to go into a little bit of the mechanics of the squat? Yeah, let's let's talk really quickly just about the musculature and and what's going to be activated when you do any variation of a good squat. Um, so we're going to activate the quadriceps, hamstrings, glutes, spinal erectors, and engage the core. Uh, now, the the uh, the amount of engagement depends on the squat pattern. So if the bar is on the front, on the back. High bar, low bar, you're going to get more action in specific muscle groups. Uh, we can get more into the t- details there later. Um, but I really like the squat, especially for athletes, uh, because it transfers to the absorption of force in a jump landing during your eccentric phase. And then that forceful hip and knee extension in the concentric phase that mirrors a sprint push off with a single leg or a jump attempt uh, with both legs. And, and obviously that can apply to a lot more than just that uh, for my, for my uh, adults that I train with. Maybe it's just to help them be able to get up off the couch. Um, but, you know, it, it should transfer over to everyday movement patterns, uh, whether you're an athlete or you're just a you know regular Joe who's retired from sport altogether. 
Um, and again, we'll reiterate some of the different squat techniques and the different, uh, different movement patterns that we can emphasize with different athletes a little bit later. Uh, one thing I do want to touch on is that there's some conjecture and contention in the exercise science community about the value of squatting below parallel. Um, I think that if you are out there and you're a weightlifter, you don't have a choice about it. You have to, uh, but it's something that it's a demand of your sport. So you have to work towards that. And it's not just, well, I'm going to squat deeper every time I squat, you got to maintain your mobility and work on that as well. Um, and if it really is a problem to squat low and you want to be a weightlifter, you need to work on your mobility, not your squat. Uh, lighten the weight up, get your hips mobile, uh, be comfortable and balanced in that low squat position. And, and also is really important to step away from the leg extension machine, the leg press, uh, because you're just going to create further imbalances that are going to make it more difficult to squat low. Uh, and then when you're finally mobile, pick up a barbell and squat. Do not ever squat in a Smith machine. Um, I know it looks like a squat rack. It's not a squat rack. That's not what it's for. Don't squat in it. Yeah, those things can be pretty dangerous from you know the stupidity I see on Jim Thale Nation or whatever their Instagram thing is. <laughs> yeah, or even just like on a daily basis at my commercial gym. So, uh, yeah. yeah, and I can't. You, you kind of in my position, I got to pick my battles. Like, do I tell the sixteen-year-old girl who's squatting with tens on in the Smith machine that she should squat with a barbell? I, I don't know. Probably, but do I do it every time? No, because I don't want to have to give the entire spiel about the why and then explain like just pick up the barbell it's safer to use the barbell nobody actually believes that so yeah no and uh i agree man the barbell barbell squat in any form is going to be more beneficial to you especially if you're working on mobility and you know knee quad hip glute strength all that the uh the leg extension leg press leg curls it's it's great for the pump mm -hmm. Um, if you're chasing that, if you're a bodybuilder, but if you're trying to get strong, man, trying to grow your legs, hit the squat rack. It's going to be more beneficial to you than anything else. That about it. All right. So, JT, I think we're getting ready to jump into some different ways we can utilize the squat. And I think we're going to talk first about squatting for different sports. Is that yep. right? Sounds good to me. All right, and I'll, I'll let you take it away. All right. So the, the most important thing that I reiterate when working with my athletes, because most of my athletes are not super familiar with resistance training, is teaching that uh, core brace and, and maintaining a good posture uh, through the torso. So working on a hip hinge that doesn't collapse the spine. Um, being able to sit your hips down, and allow your chest to tip just a little bit without anything happening to your spinal vertebrae where they bend forward. They, you get that, uh, that kind of collapsing pattern. Uh, we want to be comfortable in that bottom position. So something that I really like to do is implement some pause squats and make the pauses long, not just, you know, one 1,000 stand up. Like sit down there, like sit for 10 seconds, something I like to do. Anytime I'm about to go into the squat rack, I'll get under my barbell and do that uh, a few times, a few rounds of just a 10-second pause and then pop back up. Yeah, JT, I, I think something that can help out there too is uh, just doing a, a squat throughout the day and sitting mm -hmm. in it for periods of time just over and over. You know, if you do that, that'll really help with some of that ankle mobility and getting used to being in that bottom position like you're talking about. I, I completely agree, and that's actually – something I find myself doing cause I don't have a lot of opportunity to sit down throughout the day is I'll just like, I'll hop down in a squat <laughs> and, and, and kind of sit yeah, on my, great stretch yeah, anyway. sit on my haunches for a little bit and it does the job. Um, yeah. And I think with, especially with youth athletes, you know, those kids that are end, end of middle school, starting into high school, don't worry about the weight on your squat. 
because if you go into the weight room and you see this, the juniors and seniors pushing double their body weight, like, yeah, you want to be like them, but they didn't start out like that. You got to understand that the range of motion and the technique of the movement is what makes the numbers go up. If you are just naturally strong and you are able to push weight because you are strong and you don't really have fundamental technique, those numbers will stagnate because you're not strong underneath the barbell. Um, and a lot of the time coaches out there will utilize the squat, not necessarily to build really, really strong squatters. Am I right? Like Brandon, you're not, you're not coaching your guys to be power lifters. You want to, no, you want them to be explosive. Uh, yeah. It, explosive. You know, um, that's what I'm doing now with a lot of my track athletes. Like you're saying the pause squats, um, just really working on mobility and mainly going from a dead stop where your muscles are fully contracted and exploding out of that. I think it, I think it'll translate really well to throwing, especially and and, you know, football is the same thing. O line, D line, you're going from a stance to exploding out of that and driving your, all your force, your body weight, your strength into somebody else who's trying to bury you on the ground, you know? Right. I completely agree. So, um, so yeah, pause squatting and then just pure mobility, man. If I, if I can get somebody to squat, like I squat or, you know, any weightlifter squats, um, you, you or I, JT, I, I'm not but you know, if I can get somebody to do that, I'm going to be able to build strength in that athlete. You know, because um, I don't have to worry about, you know, getting three white lights, as I tell them. Um, you know, there's there's just so much more I can do if you learn to squat properly. Right. And it, trans- it transfers right. over a lot to a lot of other auxiliary movements as well, because that movement pattern should be there, whether you're doing a back squat or you're doing like even some Bulgarian split squats or something like that, where it's just a one-legged version of the squat. You got to be able to understand how to move your, I think the movement of the torso and knowing how to keep your balance as you descend is really the most important part and the hardest part for kids to understand. Yeah, dude, it's, um, it really is, you know, trying to get kids to sit back a little bit, keep the weight over their, you know, right. I, I like to think of it as right in front mm-hmm. of their heels because it's kind of over the midfoot and on the heel. Um, you know, sit back, trying to get at least your hip crease below the top of your knee. Um, they they struggle with that because they feel unbalanced, like yeah. you're saying. You know, they they don't know what a good squat should feel like, so the, their general consensus is to tell you that they can't do it. Right, um, and I. You know, and doing the same exact thing when I was in high school because I was always given the universal cues of sit through. I was never told that I could, you know, open my toes up a little bit, which helped me a ton. Like, that's a simple thing. I was just squatting with my toes straight forward and I couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it's tough, man. You know, if you've never done anything like that before, you're getting the, uh, gym bro attitude of you know say a, a football weight room they're like yeah man just get under there and squat it you just squat heavy pretty much you're gonna pretty be much. strong you know um, dude it it's tough because no matter what you do you feel uncomfortable under yeah. the bar right and if you can learn to squat atg or at least the three white lights when i say three white lights i mean hip increase you know, slightly below the top of your kneecap. Right, squat. one that would get get you a three three good to go on the uh, on the powerlifting world. Yeah, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. You know, if you can do that, um, if you can feel comfortable there, any squat you do that. If you're trying to push PRs, trying to push reps, you're going to feel a lot better underneath the barbell. You're going to feel a lot better with time under tension. Yeah. Right. So, um, right, JT, just don't, don't sacrifice your depth for, for the sake of numbers. Um, it's okay. I promise, especially if you're young, 
there's so much time. If you're in the weight room three to five times a week, you're going to get a lot stronger. Don't right. worry about it. It's okay. So one thing I'd like to mention, if you are out there in the world of youth coaching, something that I've implemented for one of my young athletes who I'm working with more often is to use a box squat uh, so that he has a depth target that puts him at parallel every time he squats so he knows that he's getting to parallel. Um, now, may that impact his ability to be explosive with the weight coming back up and using a stretch reflex? Quite possibly. But is that really an actual issue? I don't think so. I think teaching the depth and then taking the box away maybe a little bit less weight should make it just turn around uh, and then continue to let that squat build up. Uh, and a lot of studies have shown that that box squat might actually be more beneficial than that kind of quasi semi close to depth. Maybe I'm at parallel. I don't really know because it's repeatable. It's consistent. Yeah, dude. And there's just no thought process mm -hmm. with it, right? You don't have to question yourself. If you don't feel a box under your butt, then you're not low enough. <laughs> right. Think, and, and with right. working with youth athletes, I'm, we'll say athletes in general, the less they have to think while they're in the weight room, the better. You tell them what to do, they go do it. Definitely. That's as simple as it has to be. Yeah, man. Uh, I, I like what you're doing there with your athletes, and I, I'm doing the same thing with mine. You know, we squat to a medicine box. Nice. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's it's just big enough and wide enough that once you hit it, you know you've hit it. So you then you can go up. And it's great because, um, you know, I, I think you have to say, stay contracted the whole time in your, in your legs, your butt, everything to, to hit down there. You can't just slam down to a box or a medicine ball and uh, let your legs give out. Because obviously, if you hit that, you stop. The weight crashes on you, and you're, and you're right. way off balance. I like that. Um, yeah, it, it's great. I agree. And then obviously, once you take that away, then you can start teaching some stretch yep. reflex. But um, but if you can squat to depth, fully contracted, like a pause squat or a box squat, stretch reflex is going to come. It should to be you. natural almost. Because you're you're able to absorb that kinetic energy anyway. It's just then you're utilizing it instead of just pausing long enough for it to stop existing. Yeah, dude, um, definitely. And that's that's kind of one of the problems I see with uh, some of my athletes who are who think they know how to mm -hmm. squat. You know, though, and they want to squat fast because I'm telling them get your warm up sets in, move fast, get your body warmed up. And they'll, they'll be standing from straight up and almost touch your butt to the floor with no muscle yeah. contraction at all. And I'm like, oh, my <laughs> gosh. You're going to slam your knees out of socket. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, you know, one thing for, for young athletes, is, especially if you can just teach them to stay engaged all the way through the squat, it'll be much more beneficial to you as a coach because, well, Right. Gotta stay engaged. So, and then Brandon, one other thing that we talked about uh, in preparation for this podcast is like athletes, like sprinters and basketball players. Do those guys really need to squat even to parallel? Um, I guess it de it depends really no. on the training phase. We'll say that we we'll throw that caveat in there. Yeah, definitely. I think if you're preseason, yes, try to build some strength. Um, but, I mean, if you're working on explosiveness, I think there's some studies out there. Um, I think that actually Dr. Sam Spinelli has gone over in a, in a couple YouTube videos. He's explained that anywhere from that uh, in between 60 and 90 percent range or I, I'll say core okay, squatting. Yeah. I, I think uh, – I think is actually kind of beneficial for mm -hmm. explosiveness. I think that's what he would say. I don't know. You'll see guys like LeBron James who, who quarter squat and he's the best athlete in the world, you know, to be fair. So, I think LeBron could do whatever the hell he wanted to. It'd still be the best athlete in the world, but <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. 
But I think I think especially in in season for these NBA guys, we want to be able to keep some strength on them because it's a long season and they play a lot of games. So any resistance training that they can fit into their schedule is like kind of a bonus on top of their where they are uh, in the course of a season. Um, but I think that the the quarter squat, as we're calling it, it it's more beneficial to maintain the joint and connective t- tissue integrity than maybe it is to maintain strength. It will help maintain power because you're able to move a lot faster with the lack of depth, which is great because you, you want to be able to, you know, jump and block shots, jump and grab rebound, rebounds, jump and uh, throw down a dunk. Um without having to worry, you know, are my knees going to survive this game when we're, you know, we're not even over with with February. You got to play until June. Right. Yeah. There's just a lot of wear and tear there. Definitely just from jumping, landing, you know, just pure absorption. Um, You're going to be sore. You're going to be worn out. So uh, definitely what you're saying, just being able to maintain a little bit, a lot like yep. we do for football, dude. They're not going to have us, you know, go in the weight room and try to squat 500 pounds for reps. It's, right. it's, it's not, not smart. Happen. You're working harder in practice, and that's the way it should be. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. All right, JT. Um, I think our last thing on that, um, when we squat – a little bit lower than normal. What what does that help build? Because we're getting ready to talk about squatting for weightlifting. So, um, would you want to go into that a little bit? Maybe talk about you know what an ATG squat. It's really for me personally. I've noticed that it it really puts more demand on the quads, on the knee extensors, um, but also to be able to maintain that posture as you kind of get below that parallel line without being, you know, without being forced to collapse and lose your balance, it really engages your core and your low back as well. Um, all of which are really vital if we're catching cleans or sitting underneath a snatch, you got to be able to stay upright. Otherwise, you know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna catch your weights. Definitely, man. You'll, you'll hear guys like Dave Spitz. He'll talk about 360 mm-hmm. degree core. All right. Um, you just it it's mandatory for any Olympic weightlifting yep. athlete. It just is. Well, really any yep. athlete. So I yeah. Um, with that, JT, we will uh, get into squatting for weightlifting. And if you are going to squat for weightlifting, you do not have a choice. I will tell you this right now: you don't have a choice. You must high bar squat, ass to grass. Yep, and I'll reiterate. Anybody out there? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do what? (laughs) If anybody's out there and wants to get into Olympic lifts, learn to squat ass to grass. Like my buddy Austin Cruzan today, he's like, "Can you teach me how to snatch?" I said, "Sure." Let's start with an overhead squat. The dude can't squat to ninety degrees. No offense to him. He's a college pitcher, a great athlete. You know, yeah. he's a freak athlete, really. But he doesn't know what it's like to squat into an actual bottom position. So I told him that's what he needs to work on before he goes and tries to snatch, yeah. you know, 95 pounds. All right. So, you know, the, the way I kind of like to think of the Astrograss squat, JT, is – it's a right. necessary evil because it sucks. It really does. Um, you know, and really that, that bottom position is just one of the most underappreciated aspects of the sport, you know, to outside viewers. They kind of take that for granted of, okay, that's just what right. they do in the lifts, right? And and because of how freaking hard <laughs> the pool is. Yeah, <laughs> Right, the pool. The pool is the insane part, and then just taking all that weight that you yanked off the floor, and then slamming it into your knees. Yeah, <laughs> right. It, it just kind of sucks. Um, 
but really that bottom position is just uh, what can save your lift a lot of the times, especially if your pull isn't the greatest or the strongest. If you're able to go from a standing position to, you know, your butt hitting your calves, um, it it gives like fast, you know, it's, it's going to save a a short pool or not a tall pool. I guess if you want to think about it that way. And I just kind of want to reiterate, this is all stuff that, the USA weight, the USA weightlifting pushes as well. There's not really any question. Um, high bar squat, full range of motion. There's no reason to low bar squat ever if you are a weightlifter. And one thing that they really pointed out that I liked: you're not squatting for weight. You know, you're not trying to set a high bar ATG PR when you are back squatting because if you wanted to squat heavier you would do a low bar squat and go to parallel the utility in a back squat with with you know with the high bar is to build that that maintenance of the high chest and be able to get up with heavy weight on a queen or a on on a snatch um like like you said brandon i mean you can save a lot of maybe not quite perfect lifts if you are able to catch in the in the bottom, sit there and drive yourself back up. Definitely, dude. You know that. Um, you know the the squat is a tool, mm-hmm. as you're saying, to help the lifts. You know, you. I mean. Granted, we are squatting for strength. Ideally, if you can increase your squat, the front or the back, right. your lifts are going to Strength is strength. Ideally. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, you're, the squat is just not your overall goal. Right. It's an accessory lift uh, in Olympic weightlifting. Um you know, I, ideally, I, I want to improve my squat max so that when I put 405 pounds on my back, mm. I ragdoll it, right? And then when I when a 300-pound clean just goes and buries me in the hole, you know, this, standing it up is just not a problem, right? right? You know, <laughs> weightlifting is just pull like hell, catch the bar as high as you can, and ride the immense weight down, slam it into your knees and hopefully stand it back up and then do the jerk. Yep. Right? Yep. Uh JT, I, I kind of wanted to go into another little topic that kind of mm-hmm. fits into ATG squatting. Um sorry, that's my dog <laughs> in the background moving around. Um, but uh you know an ATG squat can definitely look different from athlete to athlete. Right. So my ATG squat is not going to look like your squat, JT. It's not going to look like Lucas's squat. And that is just because of femur length and body typing. Yeah, I agree. Um, And something that I point out, because I'm starting, I've been running an Olympic clinic at my gym recently, which has been really cool. I've got a couple of, Adults who are former high school athletes, one of them is a former college athlete, and they've been working on learning the clean and jerk and the snatch. Uh, and I tell them, your snatch, or I'm sorry, your squat is more suited to your anatomy than it is to a textbook definition, especially when it comes to weightlifting. Because ultimately what you're concerned about is how can you attain the greatest depth and be strong there. Um, and for most people, it's feet just maybe just slightly wider than the hips um toes open but not terribly wide open and allowing your knees to track forward to over your toes but not beyond your toes uh and then keeping the chest as vertical as possible while you let your hips sit down underneath yeah right man but don't 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 get JT wrong. You know, some of the best lifters in the world, when they're trying to hit PR clean and jerks, yeah. knees are going to track over their toes. Right. Past and, their toes, right. Just because 
if you're 67 kilos trying to clean and jerk 200 kilos, you know, that's, that's just a different breed. Right. Well, yeah. And I mean, (laughs) for for the practice of the squat, yeah, your your, your knees may reach just over your toes. Uh, When we're in a clean, it's a little different story. You got to just do what you can do to get the weight back up. Yeah. And, you know, um, just once again, everybody's ATG squat is going to look different. I mean, you you take Lashatak Talakate mm-hmm. and compare him to Lou. Lou, it looks like, or, you know, even throw Clarence Kennedy into that mix. You know, Clarence Kennedy looks like his butt is going in front <laughs> of his knees when he squats. Yeah. Right. And then, and then Lasha just kind of looks like he's going to hit three white lights in a powerlifting meet. That's what mine looks like, too. Right. And then, um, you know, you're just, everybody's going to look a little bit different, but trust me, it's all ass to grass. Um, every Olympic athlete will do this. So, you know, right. once again, you just don't have a choice. Yep. Well, and if, if you want your weights to go up, especially on the clean, especially on the snatch, you just have to be strong in that squatting movement, getting the weight out of the hole. That's really all there is to it. Uh, and you know, we, we do stuff like Brandon, you mentioned at the open, you did some overhead squats in your snatch complex today. That's just another way of getting after it, uh, more utility towards the snatch itself, but it's still a squat and it still should resemble what your back squat looks like, what your front squat looks like. Yeah, definitely. Still got a vertical torso, still um, hitting the bottom position, knees tracking near the toes, you know. Ajax, <laughs> chill out, dude. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, you know, just continue to use the squat as a tool to increase the lifts, you know, priming your body to be able to take the sheer force of weight crashing down on you. And you, granted, ideally, the weight shouldn't crash it on you. Yeah, you're <laughs> perfectly. But you know, we're we're you not don't pull perfect it perfect every game, time. So, um, yeah, me neither. Definitely My pulls not, are not me. pretty hit or miss. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um. You know, JT, we talked about mm-hmm. the uh, muscular too, or musculature too. Um. You know, just squatting will allow you to build up yep. like you said those knee extensors um in the bottom of the hole that are, that's going to allow you to stand up um you know those sheer forces landing on you so uh just do it don't complain about it fall in love with it um jt how many times are you squatting a week right now three if you don't count the competitive movements at all otherwise then it's five I'm I'm the same way, dude. It's either front squat twice a week or back squat yep, twice a same week. Thing. Do the other same one thing here. Day. So, yep, you just got to do it. Um, and sometimes you do it heavier than others, but you always got to do it kind of heavy. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> you know, and it, it doesn't always have to be push the weight. Um, you know, Lucas and I did a little circuit not too long ago where we did, what was it, five front squats, go over to the leg press, hit that for a set of 10, then do leg curls for a set of 10. And we did that circuit five times in a row with, like, I think a minute rest in between. Just really trying to push, um, keep the heart rate up, get a little bit of a bump. Right. It's not always just – strength i mean you yeah. can do it for a little bit of growth well too. and so, so if you are lifting for olympic utility specifically usa weightlifting talks about keeping your rep range at five or below <laughs> and one of the one of the coaches made the joke that anything over five is cardio and we don't do cardio um <laughs> no we don't we are weightlifting <laughs> but if we you need your cardio. volume Actually, I, I did cardio. <laughs> I did cardio today. I bought a jump rope, Brandon. I, <laughs> I said I bought a jump rope so I could do some cardio. Huh? That's going to be my cardio. 
There you go. Hey, I did jump rope today. I, <laughs> I did what? What I do? I did ten med ball slams, overhead slams, to seventy-five jump ropes, to a down and back sled push, with I think like three hundred nice. pounds on it, something like that. I didn't really count. I just I wasn't really doing it for time. I was just doing gotcha. uh, four or five rounds of it and. <laughs> Uh, I was hurting after that. So um, don't get me wrong. Cardio is definitely going to help you yeah. in Olympic weightlifting. Especially right. if you're new if to you're, it. If you're, uh, yeah, if your cardiovascular system isn't up to par, um, doing something like you did the other day, JT, where you're doing six <laughs> sets of clean triples from blocks plus a jerk. Uh, I don't know how the hell you did that. That workout was actually so fun. I was going to go in and try it. I was going to go in and try that. I was like, nah, I'm done. So I just did (laughs) heaving hang cleans instead. Um, Have you tried that? What do you mean by that? Heaving hang cleans? So uh, it's really hard to do if you don't have straps, but Zach Thielinger does them. For a little bit of cardio. I think I saw his post on Instagram about these just, now that you've been talking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he does them a lot, just doing it with sub maximal weight, obviously, and just repping out anywhere from three three to five hang cleans as fast as you can do them. Looks a lot like CrossFit, honestly. Um oh, yeah. Mezzo Hasona does it too. Uh, if you if you've ever seen him, some of his last YouTube and Instagram videos of him doing hand clean triples, just so smooth. Um, you know he's he's really a incredible lifter. You know all of his movements are just fluid, smooth, nice. beautiful. I, I like it a lot. So um, definitely go give him a look if you haven't. Um, all right, uh, JT. Maybe maybe we should move on before I start. Um, we can always dive in deeper on weight different weightlifters. That's for sure. <laughs> we need to get to that episode where we just talk about the guys that we're trying to emulate in training. So yeah, definitely, definitely moving away a little bit from weightlifting here and just going into squatting for recreational resistance training. So like. You know, your your average Joe. Uh, if you're out there who's training for a specific sport, or you know, you're just resistance training to maintain aesthetic and be strong and healthy and fit, this is this is the segment for you. Um, and one thing that I really want to emphasize: if you're train, if you're resistance training just for recreation, compound exercises are fantastic. Number one, because they save you a ton of time. You don't have to hit all the isolation movements. You can. You're more than welcome to afterwards, but you get much more bang for your buck out of the compounds. Um, And the other thing that's really important to emphasize with these recreational athletes is that mobility should be your priority. Um, As we mentioned at the the top with with all all of our athletes, really need to be mobile. Um, and that will help you in the long run, because as we always talk about training is a lifetime sport because we want to be able to do this for as long as we are humanly capable. Uh, and if it hurts your joints to resistance train, likely it's not necessarily the action of the lift. It's either the weight or your body's ability to move in that pattern. So get acclimated to the pattern first. And for the squat, ankle mobility is typically one that's a big issue. Knee mobility is not so much of an issue, but then hip mobility is also one. And I know, Brandon, we've talked a little bit about my my hip impingement and how I've had to battle around that and find a way to squat that's most comfortable for me and that's repeatable. Um, yeah. <laughs> I will say you're getting much better, JT. I, I love the, love the work you've well, put into it. So I think it's really important. I'm going to take this opportunity to say this: if you're out there as a recreational athlete, don't expect that doing you know five minutes of stretching for two weeks is going to get you fixed. 
because my my squat was trash two years ago and it's taken two years to make it something that i would actually be you know i would say that's a good squat uh and some days are worse than others because sometimes the hip hurts sometimes it doesn't and that's just something i gotta live with and work through um but you know it's not an overnight thing it's something that you have to put, put time into just like strength uh and river did a lot uh, talking about this last week uh, mobility is the priority because it protects your soft, it protects all that connective tissue and prevents any kind of soft tissue injury that can happen from overuse um, because your body is acclimated and used to the movement patterns. Yeah, definitely, dude. Um, it, it always takes time. Um, one thing I will say is if you're uh, any type of athlete, um, high school, especially college, and you're feeling pain, um, that's probably because your body has a little bit more wear and tear on it right. than our recreational athletes. Um, you, you take me now, or take me then versus now, when I was trying to clean and um, beginning to start snatching and, and squatting a lot, um, I think in my last year our senior year JCI, yeah. i think i did the russian squat program twice um i was just in so much pain dude my knees my mm -hmm. lower back were just miserable um trying to push my squat and now that i'm out i'm doing my own thing i take i, I want to say i take care of myself a little bit better but i don't um i i don't think i've gone to the chiropractor in two years which honestly is a plus because um, I don't have to do that. But my knees and my back just don't yeah. hurt anymore like they used to, you know. Um, and, and that obviously took time. It took time for my, my body to heal from playing football. Um, you know, 39 games in four yeah. years is quite miserable. Um, you know, it, it's – Take some time, get yourself right. Um, like we talked about. Right. And especially for those recreational athletes out there, don't expect the weight to shoot up just because suddenly you're squatting. Like take, take your time. There, there are a lot of different strategies on how to stratify increment, you know, the incremental increase of your weight. And I'd recommend going by like what's known as the Russian block program where like for a month, you don't change the weight. You might change the reps a little bit, you know, one day you're doing four by sixes, five by fives, six by fours, but keep the weight the same. And after a month of achieving that, then you move it up. Um, don't don't try to think like week over week, my squat needs to be going up by 10 pounds because sure, you can make that happen for a month, maybe six weeks. And then when it tops out, you're going to get frustrated and you're going to also realize that your depth has started to creep slowly up because you're not as strong as you want to be and you're not able to get through the full range of motion like you were with the weight that you started with, which is something that happened to me as well. You know, I had these big strength goals in mind and the weight was, I, I was like, the weight needs to move up. So I'm just going to keep moving it up. And my depth kept getting worse and it wasn't ever good to begin with. So I basically had to start over and scrap it all. Um, but you know, we need to focus a little bit more here on our, on our recreational athletes. And like I said, if, if it hurts, if it's uncomfortable uh, to go through the full range of motion, drop the weight down. If you can't even, if you can't use a barbell, no shame in grabbing a kettlebell, something lighter, a dumbbell to do some goblet squats with. And, and I personally, no, not at all. Hell, really good to work on your mobility and your balance because you don't have a counter. Uh, it's it's a lot easier to have something to push against and to be able to set you upright. I think uh, doing a doing a front squat with a with a kettlebell or a dumbbell or a back squat with a barbell, like you have something to keep you from falling over. <laughs> yeah, it, plus it's a huge burner, man. If you do like. 20 seconds on of a goblet squat and then 20 seconds off and just do that yep. for say five rounds, you're going to be hurting. 
you're definitely you're gonna have a huge pump you're gonna be out of breath um that's a workout in itself man so so definitely right. no shame in and that you know for, for those recreational athletes out there i'd probably recommend changing your implement maybe more often than any of the athletes out there are because you have the, you have the ability to you know if you're not training for anything specific you may as well change what you're training with just for the sake of not getting bored with it um because i think that that's one of the number one reasons people get burnt out of going to the gym you know i do the same program i do the same thing monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday's an off day saturday morning i do my cardio like it just gets boring like do something else so that you can stay engaged with it and it, it also will change your motor patterns it'll change you know where the difficulty of the lift is um you know we we talk about the front versus back squat it's a big difference even if it is just like 40 a 40 pound dumbbell on your front squat you're gonna notice like dang this is pretty tough on my core it's a lot harder than holding that barbell on my back is i agree man um you know definitely mm -hmm. um, try to escape the boredom um you know you you can find many different ways to squat uh one thing i like doing is uh kang squatting um, i think it's pretty cool to do kind of works your back plus your hamstrings and um, then obviously you get right. down into your squat where you have to hit a bottom position. It's, it's pretty cool. Um, you don't need a lot of weight. You're going to work multiple body parts. It, it's great. And then, uh, JT, I don't know if you consider this, um, squatting, but deficit clean deadlifts. I personally, I haven't have yet tried just because I don't have a really great way to set them up. We don't have any platforms that I would want to stand on because <laughs> none of them are very firm. Oh, dude, I, I oh, okay. Lucas and I use plates. Problem with ours is that they're so ridged that they're not flat. So, like there's not a flat I, surface to put my feet on. Oh yeah, Our, ours really aren't either. Um, I mean, great. We have the, uh, I think the three inch oh, yeah, yeah. massive forty five pound plates. JT, you've seen them. Um, I I throw two of those out there. I stand on that and. The uh, the thing for us is Lucas and I, we will actually, from the top of the pool, we sit down like we're going to be in the bottom position okay. of our clean or our clean start position. So really, it's it's kind of like right above yeah. parallel or right at parallel, you know. So, you know, we kind of work our back, kind of work the the uh, the glutes and the quads a little bit. Um I, I right. Would almost I mean, that part you can be pretty too. general with the terminology. Like, you know, I don't know if you've ever done zercher squats, but those those are far from the norm. And you know, if you do them the true way, where you're taking them off the floor and then rack it under your arms, that's like a good. That's a good combo move. It's like yeah, a deadlift like, plus yeah. a squat. It's, it's not fun, but you know, uh, just something out of the ordinary. I haven't done those in a while. Now that I'm thinking about them, I might have to throw them in this week. <laughs> I'm not doing fine, that. dude. Do what you that. want. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then one other thing I wanted to mention for Whoa. recreational athletes: box squat. Okay, I don't need to reiterate the, all the details like I did for youth athletes out there, but. It's a really good tool to make sure that you're getting that consistent depth and that it's repeatable depth. Um, because if you're not competing, do you really have to break hip crease below the knee? Okay, probably not. But do you want to aim for parallel? Yeah. Like at least, at least parallel um, to get the optimal strength gain out of the movement. That's the most range of motion necessary to have the most muscle engagement. Yeah, um, I agree. I, I think uh, one thing that Sam Spinelli said on Zach Taylor's video, it's, um, you know, for, for any athlete out there, I think a full range of motion or a, a competition depth squat is just going to help maximize your strength. 
um, whether you're doing yep. hypertrophy or, or your strength cycle, you know, um, yep. any, any way you squat, you're going to benefit from it. So definitely just get in there and try to push yourself, whether it's just reps or, or weight, um, yep. you know, just squat. Man. One other thing I want to touch squat, on squat, mechanically, squat. um, a good rule of thumb to keep in mind is that the wider your stance goes, the more glute engagement you're going to get from a squat. And conversely, the narrower your foot stance goes, the more quad engagement you're going to get. And obviously we don't want those two things to be mutually exclusive, meaning we don't want to squat so wide that you're only using glutes. And we don't want to squat so narrow that you're only using quads there is utility in doing those as a, you know, as an auxiliary movement, but find that happy medium that works for you. If, if you do fall into this umbrella of being recreational athlete, like don't think you have to squat like me or Brandon feet super close together and do a front squat uh, where you're going to ask the grass. I don't think that you have to look like the dudes that Louis Simmons trains where they're standing with their, their feet six feet apart. <laughs> yeah. You do squat. You can yeah, squat heavier, squat. wider. Um, but, right. Right. Yeah, that's you the other big problem. And those guys place. train their backs and everything that's necessary to be able to hit that. I, I'm going to say it's kind of an awkward position when you watch those dudes who are squatting a thousand pounds. Like, it doesn't look very natural. Looks really painful to be honest. No, it does <laughs> not. But you know, if you can, <laughs> well, if you can squat a thousand right. pounds, more power to you. Squat however the heck you want. Um, you know, I, I guess I kind of took that for granted. JT, uh, the the uh, foot foot placement on the squat. Um, you know, I, I just think of Olympic athletes and yeah, we squat I'm like our feet almost inside between. Yeah, between like hip so and shoulder I, width I is pretty reasonable. Um, but again, everybody's anatomy is a little bit different. Some people might squat a little bit wider with more open feet. Uh, some people might squat a little bit narrower with toes pointed in. Whichever one is comfortable. Um, and I think it's just a little bit of trial and error, like I said earlier, to find what's going to make you move the best and be able to get that range of motion that's optimal for you and for your build. And if you can't, if you don't know what that feels like or what it looks like, find you an exercise professional. I'll be, be it a trainer, be it somebody online who you can send a video of your technique to. Hell, if you want to send it to me, I'll take a look at at you and see if I can help. Um, <laughs> Brandon has also volunteered in case you couldn't hear that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think that if you if you haven't squatted since you're a high school athlete or whatever the situation might be, it's never too late to start and don't say, Oh, I don't need to do that. Cause how embarrassing would it be if you die on the toilet? Cause you couldn't stand up. <laughs> like seriously. <laughs> and I, I don't, I don't like to be morbid. Um, but I, I do make that joke pretty frequently cause my, all my, uh, adults that come in and train with me they they like like day the least because it hurts <laughs> and i always say that because like you don't want to be found dead on the toilet because you couldn't get up off the toilet <laughs> you might <laughs> you might be stuck oh, there for that funny. night that's but funny, at least but in the morning you'd be able to get up <laughs> <laughs> yeah kind of all right that's that's bad <laughs> uh, uh jt i know we're kind of getting the, to the end of our podcast here um i, I know we should have talked about this earlier but one other thing i wanted to touch on was uh uh-huh. knee caving or knee valgus um what what is uh, your opinion so- on that Fortunately, I haven't had to deal with any athletes who have that issue. Um, But one cue that I think can really help athletes who do experience that is to 
think of gripping the carpet with your feet. Like uh, if you're squatting on carpet, don't do that. Um, but imagine that that's what you're doing and you're pulling your toes open, rip into the carpet, glutes through and kind of reduces the, the tendency for your knees to cave in. You're by, by using more of your glutes, you're getting more vertical drive that you don't have to depend on your quads for. Yeah, um, I agree. Um, it's a good tip on trying to trying to keep your knees, you know, in line with your with your feet. Um, I think one thing I heard a while back was knee mm-hmm. valgus isn't necessarily a bad thing because um, a lot of the times, right, most of it is correction, right. So if we go down and hit the bottom position of our squat naturally our knees have to go out probably wider than our feet just because, you know, our, the rest of our torso, our butt have to fit in that position. Right. Um, so when you start to stand up, your knees just tend, your knees have to come in back in line with your feet. I think sometimes that's what it is and it's less of a problem than people I think. think. it's, it's probably one of those Just things that's is that correction. along the lines of anatomical differences. You know, like not everybody's going to have that issue, but certain certain people will. You know, if you're if you're stronger in the quads than you are in the glutes, you might have that happening to you, or you know, maybe an injury has led you to need to push to your right leg more than your left leg, so your left leg dives in, so that you can push more often to your right. Uh, and that again would be something that you'd need an ex- exercise professional to take an eye eyeball at and, and maybe see if it's a really like significant issue that needs corrected or if it's just something that goes along the lines of your anatomy. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Well, uh, JT, we're at about 63 ish minutes here. Um, I'm sure we part could go one. on and on about the squat. That's <laughs> uh, uh, part one of what could be many, but we'll probably just end up talking about it in other episodes instead <laughs> of doing a second episode in like next uh-huh. week. We'll probably move on to something different next week. So, um, you know, thank you guys. That I do. JT, do you have anything? Those of you who are following us on our various back. platforms may have noticed that we have a new logo. Uh, and I just want to really quickly shout out my sister, Emily, who designed the logo for us. Uh, it's her first professional art. Um, that she's put out into the world and I'm proud of her for doing that. So I just want to call her out and say good job happy with what what the result was <laughs> yeah dude it, it looks great you know thank you to her for doing that i, I can't thank her enough uh, <laughs> probably some compensation coming her way here soon so um, um you know definitely if we start making money off the podcast but uh I think one other thing I want to throw out there about the podcast is um, if you notice our podcast got out on a bunch of platforms last week, and that is because I decided not to pull music from Spotify. So I'm sorry for everybody expecting music who didn't get music. Um, you know, and I, I think uh, JT, you and I have talked about this, but I'm going to start taking down some of the episodes and taking out the music, but I will re-upload them. So if you haven't heard a podcast and you want to go back and listen, don't worry. They're going to be back up, but they're just going to be up on more platforms to make it a little bit more accessible to everyone. So um, expect that in the yep. near future. They'll be so back don't up. Freak out if you see some of the episodes are gone. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um. So, yeah, uh, you know, good things come to those who squat, JT. Um, As we head into the next week, I know the weather's supposed to get bad. Everybody take care of themselves. Find a way to get get your workout in. Find a way to rip the head off the lion and slay the dragon. 
stand up that squat and get to work. And remember, always hook, grip, and rip.